what episode are we on? Uh, 15. 15. Ooh. It's been so long. No, actually it hasn't, but mm. my browser doesn't remember that I've been to our URL, theslantandgo.com uh-huh. before. Uh, actually, we're on episode 16. 16. Wow. Funny. 16 episodes. And we're getting somewhere. It only took us four years. Hey, don't talk about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that's all right, you know. Yeah. What have we learned in our, our four years of doing a podcast? Oh, well, we're starting wide net. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. What have we learned? episodes in. Like, what, what do we know that we didn't know before? Uh, I didn't know how fun this was going to be. I thought it was going to be like, you know. Well, because I was involved. You were like, eh. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, the old wet blanket. You know, right. I'm like, not sure. Uh, no, I didn't know how uh, challenging it would be to to make time for this. I mean, like, we honestly yeah. have gone through the, the rigors of, well, let's try this week. Let's try that week. I mean, we haven't. We actually haven't had that many reschedules, but I think that's because we haven't always been actively trying to schedule it in the first place. Right. But um, for the times that we have been able to get it done, I mean, it just, just takes it just takes more time than than you realize. Um, I will say, I've also I also realized that we we definitely got better at this. Um, mm-hmm. Just. I mean, when you start out as trash as we were, I guess there's only somewhere to go but up. Well, literally, uh, literally trashed. We were trashed. Um, I think by the end of that, I didn't remember what like we were even trying to accomplish with the <laughs> with the first episode. <laughs> oh man, that was that was pretty epic though. Actually, so for Craig's benefit, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the only person who's listened to the podcast. Um, well, we got an extra listener too. I got one. You got what? Who's who's that? Oh, I'm not gonna tell. Oh, okay. It's a secret list. Well, you said your mom listens sometimes. I don't know if that's no, it. no, no. I said she doesn't listen to me <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I was gonna say um, something that I can't. Oh yeah, because uh, at the beginning it was actually there were three of us. It was you, me, and, and Paul. Yep. And we were doing live shows from Paul and Eddie's and that kind of thing. Yeah. But um. Yeah, hopefully next episode it'll work out. We can get Paul back on, uh, maybe even at Paul and Eddie's. So I think one of the next couple episodes, like let's say mm-hmm. between two to three, um, we'll be able to either get him on to the to the show, or also be able to get him on while we're back at Paul and Eddie's because that'd be something. Yeah. yeah, that would be significant. Oh crap! You know what that means? I need to bring like microphones and the recorder and all that all that stuff. You want me to play the recorder during the? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I got to bring my clarinet. I got to bring. <laughs> um, no oh, crap! I forgot about that. I think you have some of the microphones. I, I do have some. Yeah. Okay, I have the recorder and I have one of the microphones, and uh, you have the state little stands and everything, little tripods for the microphone. Yeah. Okay. I do. All right. If we do. If we go to Paul and Eddie's. I'll have to, have to remember to pack that stuff when I come down. This is all fascinating. I'm sure. To Craig, yeah. I mean, and whoever the mystery listener is, this is I think uh, <laughs> we've now lost both listeners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I thought this was about football. Oh, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's about our personal journey, which uh, is somehow related to football. But nah, no, really. all right. Anyway, um, well, in the in the spirit of uh, what have we learned? Um, 
kind of what do we know and stuff. I, so, you know, this, this last weekend was pretty interesting. I mean, I guess football weekend is still going on. We're actually recording this during Monday Night Football, but you won't hear any audio. Nope. We won't show any nope. images because we don't show images anyway. No. Um, but I'm looking at a, some a, a Dallas Cowboys quarterback throwing to a brand-new Dallas Cowboys receiver. It's a rerun, obviously. But anyway, um, but this weekend, I think the most significant thing that happened. What do you tell think me. is the most significant thing that happened? Um, You're right. The Rams got beat by – your boy, Drew Brees. Oh, oh, oh. Uh-huh, yeah. That is a good man. Your favorite quarterback. So, I, can't, I can't argue. I want to know what this actually tells us. So yeah. here's the thing. The Rams' defense was supposed to be all that, and they, are, they have some amazing talent on that defense. But Drew Brees and his offense put up 45 points on the Rams. Is yeah. that what we learned? So, that, like the Rams' defense maybe isn't what it's cracked up to be? Or that Drew Brees is that great, or they're a, like they just had a good night. Like, what what did we learn? Um, I'm not sure if there's just one little like if there's just one takeaway to this. I think they they're just just looking at you know how many questions came to mind right now when we're talking about this, right? Um, I think that tells you that there's a lot, there's layers here. Um, but let's start at the top, which is I don't think the Rams defense is. Or, or, or really is as good as it either was perceived to be or seemed to be in the early going, right? Mm-hmm. So let's look at early on in the season, right? They come out Monday night. They're playing against Oakland. And the line dominates. The defense dominates. Gurley goes off. You're thinking, wow, this team is unstoppable. Like, well, who's going to do anything against them? Come to find that, well, Oakland's got some issues on offense, <laughs> yeah, right? Let's leave, let's call it, let's call it spade a spade, right? Then you're going, okay, well, you know, let's look at week two here. They play Arizona and they just completely steal their lunch money and then like, like buy lunch in front of them and then eat it and then like, like, make them pick it up, make them bust like the it's, trash. It's, it's beyond belief. 34 nothing. They yeah. crush these guys, right? But then we find out that Arizona. Then we find out Arizona. Like, hey, yeah, nothing. Right? So, so you get something a little further along in the season next week. They play the Chargers, right? Now, there's a, that Chargers are a good team this year. They're a good team. Rams still get the win, not taking that away from them. Yep. But you allow 23 points, you know, mm-hmm. not, not a huge amount, but certainly, you know, different than a, a shutout or a 13-point outing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Then you look at their next couple games. We won't, go, we won't go line item or line item here, but – their defense allows, after allowing 23 points, week three, they allow 31, 31, 20, mm-hmm. 10, 27, 35. Mm-hmm. Right? Some bigger numbers that we're talking about there. Right. So I who, think – Who is the 10? Oh, we, we're going we're gonna to skip past that. Oh, all right. Gonna, I, we, won't, we won't talk about that. Sorry. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> if you didn't learn enough from the Oakland game, I think you learned just enough from that week seven game against whoever they played. Who is uh, the 31? The 31? Uh, I think that was oh, – it was Minnesota. Nice, nice try. Oh, no. I thought it was – what did the – the Seahawks scored 30. Yeah, it was after that. I just didn't want to talk about that. All right, all right. Uh, you can stop, stop trying. <laughs> we'll get to them. Of course we will. All right, fine. Um, we've got to talk about your punter. We've got to talk about all this stuff. He's the best player on the team. I've been telling you. Um, 
So I just think overall the Rams defense, it is it's not surprising that their D line is dominant at most most games or at multiple times during most games. Um they might have found a gem at linebacker, you know, like uh, uh, they, they could have they could have something there. But you look at their secondary, and that's where you start to see some leaks, right? Yeah, Aqib Talib is hurt. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a Wade Phillips defense. You know, they're going to get it together at some point, and it's going to be fine. But this isn't like the best offense and the best defense in the league that we're seeing, right? It's not close to that. It's one of the best offenses, probably top two, three, whatever you want to say. And um, maybe middling of the pack or lower defense. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, the D-line is dominant. But once you start to get a little past that, or if you can do some max protect stuff, you can attack them downfield. Right. Because I think that was what all these teams that scored 23 or more points ended up doing, right? How, how good is New Orleans defense? So New Orleans defense, it's not as good as it might have been last year, right, where – there was a bit more of a – like they were taking the ball away. You know, they were, they were the type of defense that was a difference maker, right? They were winning games because of their defense. Now their defense is more like they're going to rally, they're going to bend but don't break, they're going to do that. They're going to just try to not – they're literally just trying not to allow 27, 28 points, right? Yeah, I'm just kind of wondering about like the 35 that the Rams put on New Orleans. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I mean, that's good enough to win against most teams. I mean, if you score 35 points a week, you're going to end up – 12 and four or something. You know what I mean? Right. But, right. Um, you know, I don't know if new Orleans, you know, if, like what does that say about the Rams offense, I guess. So let's, uh, let's see it. So, I mean, going into halftime, this was 35, 17 new Orleans. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. So the Rams had to make a comeback, right? Mm-hmm. They scored, um, 28 of their points in yeah, the four uh, touchdowns in the second yeah. half. Yeah, excuse me, 18 of their points. Um, yeah, right. 18 of their points in the second half, right? Mm-hmm. And New Orleans was still able to get the knockout punch with 10 points of their own in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think uh, if you look at the, the game script for most of the games for the Rams, I mean, Goff's usually not throwing it 40 times. He's probably throwing it 30 kind of max, mm-hmm. you know, 35. But 40 times tells you that they had to kind of – they had to get after it in terms of like making up the difference. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think they went into attack mode after being down, you know, 35, 17, right. Doubled up in the first half. Yeah. So I, I just think that, uh, so I just think the game script, the game flow of this, you know, kind of turned it to the Rams needing to air it out more. Right. But yeah. you're looking at a game where Gurley went 13 carries, 68 yards, touchdown. Mm-hmm. Right. And then six catches, but only 11 yards. See, that's big to me. Because the way the Rams use Gurley in the passing game is like really when they break people, people's backs, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they're getting him involved and he's just he's wrecking you downfield. So I think the Saints, to answer your initial question about their defense, they just said, hey, let's get them to a point where they're trying to get Gurley the ball in the passing game, and we're just going to rally and not let him beat us, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess, does this, is this, does this show us a formula for beating the Rams? Like, does it – but the formula might be that you have to get a big lead on them. You have to get out in front. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, but, I mean, is this just about – I know the Saints just gave them their first loss, but we saw a lot of this in the week uh, – the prior week with Green Bay, right? Mm-hmm. Green Bay's defense was playing, playing really aggressive. They were tackling really well. 
um, they were in con- they were in position to win the game, yes. right? Like, and it wasn't like the Rams' offense was going to be able to just get the ball back again and do something about it. So I think in consecutive weeks we've seen sort of a blueprint, a, f- a formula, if you will, start to come together. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, your defense just has to make them earn stuff. It's when they're getting all these like crazy big junk plays that mm-hmm. they really, really take over a game. You know. Well, this is. I mean, you know, the Seahawks came close to beating them. Yep. I mean, it's been a, a few weeks in a row now where they've been kind of squeaking past and, like, getting, you know, at the end of the game, they've, like, gotten the lucky break or whatever to kind of get it over the top. Or, you know, I mean, in the case of the, the Seahawks game, the, the defense, the Rams defense really took over. I mean, that was, yeah. you know, there was a drive late where, you know, if Seahawks had gotten a, t- a first down or something, it would have yeah. been over. But the Rams defense just, you know, dominated, imposed yeah. their will, and then the Rams got it back and scored. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, like closer games. So, you know, they're, they, you know, 8 no sounds like they're just dominating everybody, but they, yeah. they, they, were, they were getting lucky in a few cases or, yeah. you know, playing close I mean, games anyway. Minnesota's a one-score game. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Chargers game ended up being larger than one score, but I think it was close throughout most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota's a one-score game. Seattle's a one-score game. Denver's a one-score game. Green Bay's a one-score game. This New Orleans game turned out being a one score, obviously not in their favor. But, I mean, you get into enough close games, like, yeah, they're a good team. They're well coached. They're, they got a great offense. Mm-hmm. They're going to win a lot of those, right? But, yeah. like, you're seeing, their margin of error was clearly very thin because just these last two weeks you've seen they, they got away with one in Green Bay, right? Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they didn't not lose that game. That's what it was. Yeah. Green Bay lost the game for them, right? Yep. Yeah, but I think the other thing we learned is that the Saints are for real this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, they're and the thing is, they, they were they were real last year too. Like they is a is a botched tackle that allows the Vikings to yeah. beat them in the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, their their team is built where they don't have to change. Like some team, we talk about this. I think we've talked about this at, uh, at length before, where some teams have to kind of like shift their identity a little bit during the playoffs. Like it gets colder. You're playing road games, mm-hmm. all these things where you have to go a little bit more balanced. You have to, like, be able to, like, really have a good defense that isn't going to just allow for teams to run up and down the field on them. You have to run the ball to, like, wear it on the clock a little bit. Like, these things you have to do to just kind of balance things out versus what the Saints are already doing, which is, like, hey, you want to make us, like, a, a balanced offense where we run the ball? You got to deal with Kamara and Ingram. Yeah. Good luck. Good oh, yeah. luck. And then if that works at all, you got to deal with Drew Brees off play action. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to get just destroyed. Yeah. Right. So there's their philosophy, their offensive approach, their, whatever you want to call it, their system. It doesn't have to change in the playoffs and the way they're playing, you got to come to the dome and yep. with that environment and everything there. That's tough, man. Uh, they're just making it work. Uh, in mean, every way. The saints have one loss, you yeah. know, like say both teams went out. You know, right? Rams would be playing in the dome. Yeah, in the playoffs, and, and their offense travels like it's not like the end of the world for them too, right? But, but this, you know, it gives a, it's a little bit of an edge. In the playoffs yeah. would be a crazy atmosphere, you know. Yeah, and do you know what the Saints' one loss was? Uh, no, who was that? Week one, uh, a shootout against the Bucks. That's a uh, Fitz Magic. Fitz Magic. Fitz magic. So everyone's expecting New Orleans to just come out and just crush them, right? Yeah. And no one's giving Tampa a chance, and they just use that to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Like, and it wasn't just a shootout. It's a 48-40 to 40 shootout. Wow, yeah. 
And New Orleans was getting beat that game early and uh, managed to come back in the fourth quarter to get it close and then end up losing by, you know, eight points. All right. But we're talking like 400 yards of offense from Fitzmagic, 400 mm-hmm. from Breeze. Mm-hmm. Like this was – what I'm getting at is, A, this could have been anyone's game, right? They could have won this game. Yeah. Uh, and also, week one is the hardest thing to predict, right? Because oh, yeah. you have these types of games, right, where you can't help but look at the Saints team from last year mm-hmm. and this Bucks team from last year, which you don't even know kind of like what they're going to be, what they're going to turn out to be. And they just take the underdog approach and they come out swinging. Yeah. And it's magic. What can you say? Yeah. You know? So that's their one loss. That's week one, man. <laughs> that's right. We're, we're all the way here. Seven in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that the Saints oh, are the Rams, really the Rams have lost one in a row. Right. They have. They're, that's <laughs> what you call a skid. Um, before we finish up with the Rams, uh, I will say this, and it, it pains me, mm-hmm. uh, but I will say it. Sean McVay is a hell of a coach, man. Like, yeah. All offensive philosophy and stuff aside, the stuff that he does that's different, that's not what I'm talking about. Just a pure coach. Uh, he took this loss as like a, an opportunity to just coach up his team. Mm-hmm. And it's the type of stuff like if I was a Rams fan, I'd be just pumped about. Yeah. They ask him like, oh, like, you know, what are your takeaways? What do you learn? He's like, hey, we're good. We're going to be fine. Like we've got a bunch of guys that know what it takes to win in this league. We've got a bunch of guys that know how to respond to things when they don't go your way. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know – we're we're in the business of like taking uh like letdown games and using those as build up games and like learning from it and just like the dude just hits every note when he's yeah. when he's talking about the games and stuff so uh they're obviously going to be fine like it's not like oh, this is the beginning of the end or nothing like that <laughs> but i just i had to say like i had to throw it out there like the dude just got it he is like you know um he's just he's just everything you want in a coach clearly especially in this day and age right now Right. right. Yeah, yeah. There's no age gap between him and the players, like generation gap. Like he can really like, he's like endear himself to them. Um, he's got this philosophy, like this offense that literally just puts points up and you're going to just, you're going to rally for him. Right. Because you're like, well, we believe in the guy. So he's, yeah, he's, he's what everyone's looking for. And mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to find the next one, but these guys don't, they don't just come out of nowhere. Let's talk about the creativity a little bit, though. Like, are, do you think any people are starting to figure that out a little bit? Um, philosophically, sure. Uh, you know, they're probably going a little bit more up-tempo. He does a lot of bunch stuff. Um, and his concepts are they're, – they're good because of the way that they sort of are – they're not simple in terms of, like, oh, anyone can do this. They're simple in terms of, like, what they're designed to do, right? Mm-hmm. They do a lot of clear-outs out of the bunch or one guy just takes part of the middle away or gets attention there. And then they've got the over the top and they've got the like sort of intermediary, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of their sets. The thing is when they start actually manipulating and moving a defense around, they're doing it to get girly the ball in space. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're like, okay, yeah. now you're screwed. Right. That's a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, to me, it's like saying, okay, well, can anyone be a really good driver on a racetrack? Yeah, probably. But not everyone's going to be able to drive a Ferrari the same way as the way these guys are driving theirs, you know? Yeah. You've got to have the personnel they have. I'm not just saying Gurley, but, like, the receivers, the O-line, and, and the play caller, right? Like, McVay gets his nod to this, too. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, you compare them to the other elite offenses in the, in the league, the, the Saints, you know, maybe the, the, KC. the Eagles, KC, obviously. Uh, you compare to them, and they're all doing 
sort of their own thing, just in different ways slightly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I would say, yeah, if you had to copy paste this offense into somewhere else, KC could probably do it. I'm sure New Orleans could do it, but it. I don't know if it would look exactly the same or if it would look yeah. as good, except, except maybe KC. KC's probably got the talent to do any offense they want. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, something we've noticed already, I mean, even a few weeks ago was um, teams taking some of the, like the um, kind of that jet sweep, that kind of double fake thing, like I'm yeah. going to hand it off. No, I'm going to jet sweep it. Oh, now I'm going to pass yeah. it. That play, like everybody's doing that now. And, and that the was, RPO – yeah, the RPO game is is at its peak right now. And the, and the Eagles really – they didn't put it on the map, but they, they took it to another level last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, the jet sweep is – that's a common component of the upper echelon offenses in the league, right? Mm-hmm. They're stretching you out verti- horizontally and then vertically, right? Right, right. So, KC's doing it. KC's got more, like, delays and end-arounds and things and like that than I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid's been around. We've watched his offenses. Yeah, yeah. This is a whole other level that he's on. But the, so the thing that's interesting about the Rams, if I'm not mistaken, they only have maybe four or five formations or something. Like they don't have a lot of sets. Like they basically, like they do a lot out of those sets, but they don't. Um, you know, a lot of it's kind of lining up, and like they have the talent to kind of like beat you man on man. You know. Yeah, that's the thing. Is they like if you run just a straight zone against them, they'll stretch you deep with cooks. Mm-hmm. And like intermediately with Woods or or couple just find the zone and sit. Like they've got guys that'll just beat a zone naturally, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then you just play man against them. Well, then they start moving off around on the boots and they start getting girdly involved in both the ground and the air game. And it's it's kind of just like they're set up for the the like the setup punch that they want to give you. Mm-hmm. But then they're also set up for uh, the counter punching what you try to do to take their stuff away. Like they're just the moves they've made have been have been really really just I mean uh, nauseatingly good as a fan of a team in the division. <laughs> Is that Craig calling? Yeah, that's uh, that's the president uh, <laughs> of our fan club. Uh, <laughs> okay, Craig, we we get it. <laughs> you want to talk about the Patriots? All right, we'll we'll switch. I know, right? It's like, oh hey. Reality calling. <laughs> you guys aren't talking enough about the Patriots. <laughs> oh, man. Although, you know, stupid Patriots. We, I mean, that is something else we learned, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one and two start. There's two, two losses in a row that they had in the beginning. Right. The first month of the year. And everyone so desperately wanted it to be the beginning of the end. <laughs> it's not shit, man. It's the same old I know. story. Uh, same, same song, yep. Different station, whatever you know. Like, yeah, they're seven and two. They're clearly going to win their division. They're um, fine. They're fine. So they're I, I kind of let's go. I want to go like we'll go conference by conference, division by division, okay. and just talk about like. So New England's clearly going to win the AFC East. Yeah. Um, AFC North is actually one where I I don't have a good read. Although I will say that if Fantasy football has taught me anything. Points differential is the thing that in the long term is going to pay off. So, yeah, you know, Baltimore right now is in third place. But if I had to pick a winner for the AFC North, I'm going to, call, I'm going to say in Baltimore. I think they're going to – I don't think Pittsburgh's that – I mean, Pittsburgh, they could win. I don't trust Cincinnati. Yeah. I think Baltimore is just in slow and steady just kind of take over that, that division. What do you think about that? 
I think it's still Pittsburgh. I think the Bengals do this. They do this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like the same concept of what we were talking about with like, oh, are the Patriots finally going to lose their steam? Is that finally going to happen? Oh, wait, no. They're the same. They're the same way that they – they're the – what's what's the uh, – um, what's the line? They are who we thought they were. Like, that's <laughs> – yeah. the Patriots are who we thought they were, right? The AFC North, the Steelers are the team to beat. The Bengals can make noise, but they are who we thought they were. Like, yeah. when it comes down to it. They will have some good games. They'll have some surprising games. But then when it comes to prime time, they cannot win in prime time. And yeah. to me, it's like the whole playoffs is prime time. And their oh. record in the playoffs is what it is. Yeah. So, you know, can they win the division? Maybe. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what their record is against. So, so let's say Pittsburgh wins the division and either Cincinnati or Baltimore gets in as a wild card. That's yeah. probably the most likely scenario. Yeah. Houston's going to win the South. Um, Casey's going to win the West. And the Chargers are probably definitely that other wild card. Yeah. So that one's looking pretty set, I would say. Look at, do you see Buffalo's, um, their net points? Negative 145. Oh, also, uh, there was a stat, I think it was two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Todd Gurley has outscored the Bills. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's just astronomical. Um, yeah, the Bills have 96 points at this, yeah. at this after nine games. Yeah. That's pathetic. I mean, Cleveland has 190 points. Yeah, Cleveland's offense has taken, you know, a leap, right? Like they've, oh, yeah, for they, sure. they've gone up. But, I mean, they still obviously I, – I, you know, I, I, could, I, wish, I wish turnarounds happened faster, sure. Like not just for the Browns' sake, but for, for plenty of other teams, right? Yeah. But it just takes a while. You need, to, you need to have, like, an initial spark mm-hmm. that tells free agents or whoever else, mm-hmm. like, hey, um, you're, uh, you got something. It's kind of cooking, but we got we to gotta add more to it for this to be a meal, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's what Cleveland can get done this year. I mean, two and six and a tie. I feel like they go to a tie every, like, three, every, three out of four games or whatever, you know? Like, they uh, should have beat Pittsburgh early in the year, couldn't yeah. do it. They should have beat New Orleans earlier in the year. They couldn't do it. I mean, they could have had crazy, some, yeah. some season-defining wins, right? But I think just the fact that they got, a, they got two wins right now, mm-hmm. if you could say of their six losses, they've been in a lot of those games. It's actually um, probably the best thing that's happened to them is those six losses because it meant that Hugh Jackson's out. Right. I mean, that probably is inevitably mm-hmm. big picture. Yeah, that is probably what helps them, you know. Um, looking at the NSC – so in the East, you got Washington in first place, the racist team from Washington. But they're at a, they have actually, actually have a negative point differential. And the Eagles are only a game out, and they have a positive point differential. I think the Eagles, yeah. you know, they um, active at the trade deadline and everything. I think they're yeah. actually going to come on, and I think they'll probably take the East. And the Eagles were waiting for Wentz to come back. And then once he got back, they were kind of waiting for him to just sort of like get, you know, his, his, his mojo back a bit. Mm-hmm. And overall, I think he has um, game to game you know, gotten better, uh, and, and just, you know, been able to, been able to string a couple, a couple games together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they, they had that loss to Carolina, which was just like, you know, that's a game, usually a defending champ or someone who's a power in the conference doesn't give away, mm-hmm. but maybe it tells you that Carolina is actually pretty good too. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily oh, yeah. have to just be a detriment against Philly. Sure. Um, but you know, 
and a, and a random letdown game. They lose to Tennessee in overtime. But again, like Wentz was barely back. They were mm-hmm. kind of still getting things figured out. That was the second game. You know, it just kind of kind of been up and down for them. But that's the first half of the year, right? Yeah. I think over the second half of the year, exactly what you're saying, they kind of get back to to what they do. Um, they end up, you know, having three three more games in the division, four more games in the division to go, right? Like mm-hmm. they've still got plenty of room to uh, to sort this out. Yeah. So I think I think they end up winning. Um, they're four and four right now. I wouldn't be surprised if like you know ten and six should win this division probably, mm-hmm. maybe eleven and five. Like if they lose one more down the stretch, they play the Rams, they play Houston, yeah. they play New Orleans. Those are the best teams they play. Maybe you drop one of those. Maybe you drop two even. Probably drop Rams and, and New Orleans this year. I mean, yeah. you know, those are clearly the two best teams in the NFC. Yeah, so I could see that. Four, ten and six. I mean, does Washington? What does Washington do? You know, like they they're five and three right now, which is you know pretty good record, but. I don't. I don't think they even get in the wild card. Yeah, I think that what what hurts Washington here is just how stacked the NFC is, right? Yeah, when you start right. talking about the power teams, um, who can still turn things around and make noise, mm-hmm. all those things. Um, but looking at Washington, I think they've kind of done their their part of being like, okay, like they play pretty sound defense most of the time. They normally don't turn the ball over much. Um, they, you know, kind of. The uh, the old the old Alex Smith remedy, right? Yeah. And 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 it just kind of work has been working for them. You're yeah, looking at the- we've been kind of under the radar, but I just I don't I just don't trust them either. I mean, if you you're a negative point differential at this point in the season, like you're probably not that great. Or maybe I mean, it could be all that you got had like one blowout loss or something. Well, like so they're five and three. Um, mm-hmm. They beat the Cardinals. They beat the Packers, Panthers, Cowboys, Giants, right? So of those teams, you're like, okay, well, Panthers, Panthers, so solid, yeah. you know, and then yeah, Packers, right? Those are mm-hmm. the best teams that they've beat. But then like a letdown loss against the Colts, like you know, I don't mm-hmm. know what happened there, and then a bit a bad loss against the Falcons last week. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it still remains to be seen, kind of like what they are exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they have any kind of a firm grip on the on the East, and um, Philly ends up taking it. Yeah, I agree. NFC North is kind of heartbreaking. I mean, Chicago's in first place, but, you know, Green Bay, I mean, I just uh, – I just <laughs> – I think it's like one of the biggest travesties. I mean, it's the biggest travesty since, uh, like, Dan Marino, you know, to have a quarterback like this where you just can't, like, get it together around him to get – like, to actually kind of get to Super Bowls, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's kind of the thing where I'm not sure what the real, like – the real detriment is here um, Mm -hmm. because they've had such a track record of like, Oh, their homegrown talent is so good. They always kind of find like pro bowl level players. Um, But they're one of those teams that doesn't normally move around on the draft board. They stick Mm -hmm. to their slot. They take who's there and they kind of go with that. The problem with that is because you have Rogers and you have, you know, McCarthy's, uh, he's he's up and down as a coach for as far as most people are concerned, but they've clearly been able to get it done in the past. They got a Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. what that means is, in a year where Rodgers is healthy, they're not going worse than nine and seven, right? At the very bottom, right? That just slots you for the same kind of area in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. case you're always drafting best available player, whether he's a need or not. You're kind of just doing that. Then you look at the team and you're like, yeah, but their needs aren't getting met. 
Well, of course they're not because they're not able to go get – there's only a certain amount of players that are difference makers every year, yeah. right? If you need an A.J. Green-level receiver, you can't sit at 20 and wait for him, right? I mean, unless you get super lucky or something. But unless then, you get super lucky, which is playing some real crazy odds. Yeah. And, how, you know, how many, how many times does it happen, right? The, the game changer, like receiver is just one example, right? But it's like uh, the reason I bring it up is like you look at the Falcons a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. They knew they needed more talent around Matt Ryan. They were picking in the 20s, I think. Mm-hmm. And they were like, there's a receiver. It was 10 years ago now, I believe, or, or something like that. They're like, there's a receiver. There's two that are just – Impact game changer receivers. We need one of them. Mm-hmm. They either trade to get AJ Green or they trade to get Julio. AJ yeah. Green gets taken. They're like, well, we got our move. We got to go get him. Yeah. And they give up a bunch of picks and they go get him. Mm-hmm. Does anyone say that was a bad trade? To get Julio? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Trade your whole draft for Julio. That's what I'm saying. So you can go all Mike Ditka on it. Because Green Bay is not willing to trade and move up to get the key spots that they need, yeah. they kind of just stay spinning their wheels. Mm-hmm. And you look at that team when Rodgers is hurt, when he's been hurt in the past, like yeah. they might not win a game, you know, like yeah. the, the, the way yeah, that I, they I mean, this game that just happened yesterday, I mean, I, he has some young receivers around him that are talented. But yeah, it's going to be like a couple of years before those guys really come into their own. And then yeah. how old is Rodgers at that point? He's like 15 years into his career. So yeah. that's the thing. It's like it's, it's kind of too bad. I almost wish he would go to some other team. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if. You... Well, I don't know. I wonder, like, does his contract hamstring them? Like, it's one thing that, like, you talk about, like, you know, last yesterday's game was all like the goat versus the goat, and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. And you know, the thing about Brady is he's always taken cap-friendly contracts. Yeah. And that's allowed the Patriots to not have any other stars around him, but what? But for some somehow to build a solid enough, deep enough team that yeah. they can always compete. And is that the difference? Well, I mean, I don't know if there's a for sure 100% formula. Mm-hmm. If there is, like, not, everyone, not everyone's been able to crack it, right? But Brady said, oh, if Rodgers was on this team, he'd yeah. throw for 7,000 yards. Right. <laughs> and it's because he'd have a defense that gets him the ball back. Um, yeah. He'd have a play caller in Josh McDaniels that can just, you know, cook up stuff for him. Mm-hmm. And, and he'd be able to just, like, take that, like, continually be able to push, push the envelope like that, right? In Green Bay, yeah, he's getting paid exactly what a Rodgers caliber uh, quarterback should get paid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you look at the play callers, McCarthy. I don't know if he necessarily puts you a level above all of the other guys in the league, all the other teams in the in the NFC, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go, well, what about on defense? I mean, Don Capers was an okay defensive coordinator; he could get some talent, but he's not a difference maker, mm-hmm. right? Belichick's a difference maker right? Yeah. When he schemes things or he takes guys away or whatever he decides to do. So it's literally like Belichick just worries about, I'll just figure out the defense, what we need to do, take this guy away, um, do that. And then, you know, McDaniels, Brady, you guys are on the offense. I'll get in there when it comes into like the points, the points game, or when do we take a safety that's actually going to help us or mm-hmm. all those like, like things. I'll do that. <clears throat> but meanwhile, you guys just cook up the offense. It's fine. You know, yeah. Whereas McCarthy's trying so hard with him and Rodgers to just – they have to score, they have to score, they have to score. There's no one to balance it out on the defensive side, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I, – I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think if there's a coach out there that's like a defensive-minded guy, mm-hmm. you bring him in as your head coach mm-hmm. and then just be like, Rodgers, you got the offense. It's you, man. It's your mm-hmm. show. 
I'm going to try and get this defense somewhere to where we can get you the ball back sometimes. Yeah. Or where you don't feel unsafe with a 35-7 lead in the fourth quarter. <laughs> well, that's you the know? thing. I guess, like, if you gave Rodgers two more possessions per game, how many games would you – how many more games would you win? Like – yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't care how who he's playing against. Yeah. Two positions is at least netting you probably ten points. Yeah. So most likely. So yeah, yeah. maybe that's I, uh, a, maybe that is the thing to do is like get him, you know, get that team focusing on the defense. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised actually watching yesterday, Clay yeah. Matthews, how ineffective he is. Yeah, I mean he's just one of those guys that like had his he had his time he had his run. Yeah. And it's it's weird to see edge rushers fa- fall off, but yeah, he's he's a little out of position. Um, he's a he little just, like he gets blocked. I mean, he, he just gets, he just gets eaten up a little bit. You know, yeah. it happens. Um, yeah. I don't know if this is what's going to end up happening, but I think they should take a long look at a guy like maybe like Jack Del Rio. Who, Craig, uh, we get it. Okay, Craig. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and turn that off. All right. <laughs> well, we don't want to hear from Craig. <laughs> So I think a guy like Jack Del Rio is kind of who they want to target, right? He's a guy who's got a defense. He's got, you know, got a pedigree with at least being like, you know, a master motivator kind of with, with a couple different teams. Um, well, Greg Williams. I'm wondering why he's still in football, to be honest. <laughs> he's like the last person I want as my head coach. But I was yeah. like, I'm not sure why like this doesn't get – maybe this got talked about and I missed it. But anytime they've brought up the fact that Hugh was fired or that Haley's gone or whatever, and that's Greg Williams in charge, I'm like, did everyone forget like what happened? Like, did I know? Yeah. Like, are, like, are you kidding? Putting Trump in, tar- in charge of your, tr- your country. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> this is this uh this uh episode is on election eve, or as I like to call it, election Steve. This Steve. is the election Steve episode. What's he got to do with it? I don't know. Steve. Kind of a rap name is Steve. 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 <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, that all makes sense to me. I, yeah, it would be interesting to see Rodgers on a team with a defensive-minded head coach. That would be fascinating, actually. And just get him like some hot like OC to call plays and. Yeah, I mean, there's probably already someone in the system that he could trust, or mm-hmm. they'd let go of their quarterback coach, which you know, which Rodgers was like. He was really not happy about maybe you try and bring that guy back and let him call plays. I don't know. But I, I overall agree with how we started this, this Packers discussion, which is it's a travesty um, what they're not doing with Rogers because of how good he is and how good he obviously can be Um, as someone that doesn't like the Packers. I'm kind (laughs) of like, cool. You guys are screwing this up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it also goes to show that the AFC and the NFC are just still that disparate of, uh, of conferences, yeah. right? AFC has been top heavy since Brady's been there. Great. Mm-hmm. But how many teams have, it, have made it, you know, it's never been really, has it been really that deep ever about well, like two teams? It's been Brady. It's been the Brady team and the Peyton team. Yeah. Whichever and then, team Peyton was playing. And then the Roethlisberger team kind of siphons in there. Yeah. And then occasionally you have a Flacco team and uh, the Broncos. That's from the AFC. Those are like the last couple teams to even be involved in the Super Bowl, much less mm-hmm. some of them win it, you know. Um, looking at the rest of the NFC, so uh looks like I mean New Orleans, I can't imagine them faltering enough to not win the South. The but South is tricky Carolina, though, man. Carolina's Carolina. tough. 
They're right there. I'm thinking that, Atlanta's starting to play well. Atlanta's starting to play well. They're not. They're just. They're not a team that you're going to just roll over and and take right. They're. Yeah. They, we've been talking a lot about how good the NFC is. They're four and two in the NFC right now. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, right? All of their wins. So mm-hmm. they're they're clearly a team that can do something, and they won three straight. Again, not yeah. you know they were one and four, mm-hmm. and and they've done a pretty pretty sharp turnaround. They looked pretty bad during that stretch. But now Julio's broken the seal. So maybe that he starts to come on. Man, uh, he had to go. He had to go full grown man to get that too. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm getting a screen 40 yards away. Yeah. Well, this is my chance. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is the opportunity I've been waiting for. This is the closest I've been. I'm going to take He's it. He's like, I don't get a target in the red zone. I'm just going to have to turn everything into the red zone. Like, <laughs> the purple zone or something. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Rams will win the West. Uh, so who do you have? I mean, Carolina, I think, is a wild card, pretty much a lock. But then you got Minnesota, I mean, Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay, Atlanta, the Seahawks, maybe. I could um, see maybe Washington. As Carolina, Ca- Carolina's one. I think they end up just because of who else is in their division, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I think uh, that's where it gets tricky, right? Because does Atlanta keep this kind of turnaround going? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, does Green Bay find a way to win games instead of lose them? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think a big thing is what's going to set potentially this up is do the the wheels fall off for the Bears? Do they lose control yeah. or not? Because if they maintain control, mm-hmm. then it puts it between Minnesota and Green Bay for one playoffs for one wild card spot, right? Chicago is plus eighty two on points for the year. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, that's more than anybody but the Rams in the NFL. They went, they went and got. A play, a play caller, like an offensive-minded guy, mm-hmm. and he has some pieces. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, let me just figure out the right way to try and use Trey Burton like Travis Kelsey. Let me figure out the right way to use Tariq Cohen as basically Tyreek Hill. I think people were assuming yeah. he'd be like Kareem Hunt, but it's, he's more like Tyreek Hill. Um, Tariq Cohen and, is one of – you know, just as an aside, sorry. To, yeah. it, no, you're good. But, um, you know, you've kind of talked me into playing fantasy football again next year. Of course. I, my strategy might be, maybe, we'll see, to just draft players that I enjoy watching. And Tariq Cohen would be one of the top people. I mean, he's so fun to watch. He is fun to watch. And they're scheming stuff just for him, right? Mm-hmm. He, like, got, he got a screen, was it last week? And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not even going to wait for these, these fat line. I don't need blockers. And, <laughs> bye. and he hits 22 miles an hour while running, by the way. Wow. So That's pretty amazing. speeds, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so uh, I think it took Matt Nagy a little while to kind of just figure out the right way to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, Trubisky is obviously still got a lot of ways to go, uh, to go, a lot of ways to grow, excuse me. Um, he misses some easy throws. He yeah. makes some crazy throws. Yeah. He's kind of just that, like, guy you're not really sure about. But I'll take that from a second-year quarterback because mm-hmm. at least you're not saying, oh, he's not the guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like He's got he, the potential. I feel yeah. like they're, they're trying to, like, minimize his mistakes, but, like, give him a loose enough uh, kind of mm, leash or whatever to, uh, yeah. to make some plays, too. So. He's an athletic dude. Yeah. Um, when the play-action game kind of gets really humming for them, mm-hmm. he, can, he can work that all day. I mm-hmm. mean, they saw him do it in college. He can do that. So it's really just a matter of, like, hey, your mechanics kind of break down for these sort of throws, right. X, Y, Z, you know, um, and you sail on them. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. Um, got to figure out a fig- like th- I think you have a chance to get that cleaned up. 
you have a read and, on what those are? Is it like off-platform throws or is it rolling to one side or the other? Or So far, for what I've, I've, I've maybe just the ones I've noticed more than the others, uh -huh. um, throwing, throwing to his left in kind of that more like intermediate and, and further out uh -huh. um, like seems to kind of be where he just kind of lets it sail like mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just wondering if he's like, oh, well, I don't know how to necessarily like get this over the linebacker, but under the safety or under mm -hmm. in front of the corner kind of thing. Um, I, I'd say I've seen more of those than nothing else. Yeah. Um, and then also like a couple go routes to the, uh, out of the seam where he just, it's like a punt. It's just like in the air forever and it just goes. Uh -huh. and it's like he clearly just throws it as far as he can. Right, so right. I think there's a couple of those that you probably need to work out, which the throw it as far as you can thing. I think it's more, that's an issue of timing. He's like, yeah. oh, I don't know how fast that guy runs, and mm -hmm. I don't know when I need to throw this. So I'm like, ah, throw it, and he just chucks <laughs> it, right? So that comes with timing. The one where it's a sail and he's closer to the sideline, that's a mechanic thing to me, right? I don't know if that's yeah. necessarily, like, does his arm rear up? Does his weight shift? Um, I don't know. Yeah. But that's for it's them to figure out. But right? that might be solvable by working on his feet or something, right? I so, think so. I think yeah. so. Mechanics can be fixed, right? Yeah. Um, it's what you're trying to fix that's different, right? Mm -hmm. You can't change a throwing motion, but you mm -hmm. can retool a guy to be like, oh, well, on these throws, like you're driving on your front foot too soon. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's just not going where you want, you know, whatever. You can't, you can't coach athleticism, and he has that. Right, right. Um, and he's got a strong enough arm to make all the throws that you need to make. Yeah, it's about – mechanics and decision making i mean those are the kind of things that you can coach um and he's got he's clearly pretty good already with some of that stuff and has potential yeah. and, and and comfort in the scheme it's his first year in this offense too yeah so so much of this could be just like him making the wrong read at the wrong time well shit that yep. happens right yep and you can fix so, that another year in the system yeah so, so i don't know the nfc gonna be fun yeah i mean that last spot is gonna be I mean, there's like four, at least four or five, maybe five teams that could take that last spot. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's pretty nuts. And, um, you know, I know we were going to talk about them at some point, but, I mean, your, uh, your team from Seattle has yeah. figured out a way to run the ball uh, almost 100% of the time. <laughs> and, like run it nine times and then play action pass and then 10th. Yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get your take on this too. It's like, there's, uh, they're running the ball so much now. Yeah. But it's like, okay, now you guys need to run it a little bit less. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's so strange. Well, they don't, they finally actually kind of got uh, Doug Baldwin going last weekend. That yeah. was fun to see. And yeah. he's, you know, I, I kind of forgotten how quick he is. You know, watching him yeah. like get off the line and he's just, he's on top of the defenders and just like instantly. Yeah. And he know. runs, I mean, he's, so quick in and out of his breaks too yeah. right like you could, you could know what route he's going to run and he mm -hmm. might still beat you with it like he's that yeah. quick and right. has that good timing and can just turn and everything like he's yeah i think getting him going has taken longer because he's been hurt mm -hmm. um and they're just sort of manufacturing offense without him but yeah. now that he's going um that could be the type of thing that you need um for for the sake of their passing in Mm -hmm. uh, Lockett had a good start to the year, and I think he's still been able to keep it going from some degree. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. Like Lockett's the best you're gonna the best usage you're gonna get out of a guy like Lockett is if Baldwin is going and Lockett's just right. getting to play against the other corner, right? Because then mm -hmm. when Russell starts doing his thing, Lockett's gonna break down the game 
and and do those splash plays, right? Yeah. So having run Lockett as a number one receiver, it worked for a while, but I think it's starting to sort of like peter out in terms well, of he's, uh, he's yeah, he's not as a complete of a receiver, I'd say. He like right. he, he's fast, so he can take the top off the defense, kind of stretch yeah. things a little bit. Um but yeah, Baldwin is the guy who can hurt you at any point in the field. Right. Um yeah, I think you know what's well, I mean, Seattle, I mean, I've been talking about point differential this whole time. Like, they have, you know, uh, they're just below Carolina in terms of point differential. They have yeah. a positive 32. So, um, you know, if that were the indicator, I'd say, I mean, I'd, I think the NFC is so strong. I don't actually, I don't really think that Seattle's going to kind of squeak in as a wild card, but they could. Um, yeah. It's a little bit formulaic, like all the running, like you're saying, but. The, the thing that kind of scares me right now is just that Chris Carson's getting banged up. So yeah, um, it's a very different offense when he's not in there. And they want him to be the guy, clearly. I think mm-hmm. last year, him getting hurt really took the wind out of their sails in terms of what they mm-hmm. wanted to do. And, and that was really, you know, the type of thing that just deflates a team. Totally yeah. understandable. Yeah. Um, but getting him back this year, they feed him the rock a bunch. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of why they're running so much. They're like, we love this guy. Yes, yeah. we've been waiting for you. And then, yeah, he's starting to wear down. Because as much as you might love a guy, sometimes they just – there's only a certain workload they can actually handle. And his running style is he's trying to grind. He's yeah. trying to, like, lay some people out. And that is almost a detriment in terms of how much he's getting the ball, right? Because mm-hmm. he's just – there's not a good chance of him surviving the whole yeah, year. Yeah, he's fighting for every yard, which is great in the short term. But, yeah, um, you know, and Mike Davis is pretty good. But then Rashad Penny – just doesn't – I mean, he's just not paying. I mean, he's an afterthought, right? And to me, that yeah. says more about the coaching than, than anything, right? Like, he's not like he's not a talented player. Yeah. I think it's clear he is. But their offense almost isn't – it's either not versatile enough to support just how to use him mm-hmm. or, or they don't know how to use him, which to me seems borderline baffling because you take mm-hmm. a guy in the first round, uh, you got to have some visions of what you could use him for. Right. I would just, I would love to see him just be the, uh, the kick returner, kickoff returner. Um, I think if nothing else, times, but yeah. yeah, if nothing else, like why isn't he seeing the field at that? You know, like mm-hmm. I know you've got Lockett and they always kind of have these speed guys, but it's like, I mean, Lockett sure. makes a lot of sense on punts, I'd say. Yeah. Where, you know, you need that oh, sure. or whatever. Sure, but, sure. Um, Penny can like, he gets ahead of steam and he just kind of, he kind of curls up. He's like a bowling ball. Yeah. And that's, you know, on a, on a kickoff. Just get ahead of steam and like just run into a couple guys. And it's just it's just overall odd for a team that's running the ball this much mm-hmm. to have taken a running back in the first round and he's not getting the ball or seeing the field. Yeah, like I agree. The two two and two like it's not equaling four for some reason about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and then even you know this last game because Carson was hurt, he got in there a little bit and it's like this didn't do anything. And I don't know. They'd rather give it to Carson or Mike Davis, and it's yeah. like my like two either undrafted or like late round pick guys that mm-hmm. were cast off from other teams. And you're like, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm why, sure didn't, why didn't you draft a lineman? If you're going to give it the ball I mean, to the other guys and, anyway. And it's not like there weren't linemen there. Like oh, they, in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, your uh, line, your line hasn't been the same since you traded Max Unger. If you can't find a guard or a tackle or someone, just draft a center. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's baffling. I mean, the Lion has played better in general this year, but I think it's because because they're leaning on the run. You know, like it's yeah. nothing. Lyman like nothing better than to like right. you know, kind of maul guys for a little yeah, bit. And then, exactly. You know, just grind. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Seahawks kind of go on a run and they they squeeze in at that last. You know, and if I've actually been fairly impressed with the young defenders on the yeah. team, and yeah. if you know they have the, the running game they're, going and the defense is playing well, like they're kind of peaking at the right time. Their their defense has been better than people I think realize. I yeah. think after being such a perennial elite defense for so long, having the drop off they did, I think people just assumed it was going to take longer to turn around. And they're obviously not back to that, but they're better than they're better than people realize. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to earn stuff against their defense, yeah. which is why the running game is complementing it so well. Yeah. But yeah, they're uh, they've been able to do some things. Um, both the Griffin brothers are dope, uh, and mm-hmm. you're gonna build around them. Wagner's still elite, and mm-hmm. you can go from there. And you know that's better than a lot of defenses. Yeah, the young yeah. safeties are playing well. The, yeah. the thing I saw in this last game, though, and I don't know if it says more about you know, the Seahawks defense or the Chargers. But right. the D-line on the, was getting washed out on running plays. The Chargers may just have a really good offensive line. I don't know. I haven't watched them enough. The, know. Chargers, the Chargers have a pretty solid offensive line. Yeah. Because yeah. you look at what Melvin Gordon's doing yeah. uh, all year, he's, he's not getting touched sometimes for like mm-hmm. a couple yards at a time. And he's a good enough player to make one guy miss one-on-one or run over one guy one-on-one. Yeah. Like if Gurley wasn't doing what Gurley was doing – I think a lot more people would be talking about what Melvin Gordon is doing. Hmm. Um, and that's nothing against either of them, but it's like, uh, we take a quick look here at rushing. Uh, current, currently leading the league in rushing. So yeah, Gurley's leading the league in rushing 870 yards. Not a big uh-huh. surprise. Connor obviously doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And you got Kareem, Zeke, AP ripping off some games there, right? Mm-hmm. But then um, Melvin Gordon's there. He's he's well below Gurley, I guess, in yardage. is not quite where he's making his his uh, his his work. Like 580 yards, it's you know not terrible, but not uh, not nearly that that game breaking. But seven touchdowns, mm-hmm. right? That puts him right tied with Kareem Hunt. You know, and Kareem Hunt's part of the 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 show stoppingest offense, and along with the Rams, right? You look at those guys, what they're doing. So I think Melvin Gordon's been able to just really grind it out. Five and a half yards a carry. Yeah. Um, so right now he's leading. He's all, almost leading the league in, in yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also tells you their O-line's really playing well, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that says less about maybe the Seahawks D-line as it does the, uh, the Chargers O-line. Yeah, it was just, it was a kind of appalling. You know, they, they have that view where you kind of like, high up above the, the safety or whatever. And yeah. he was, he was watching the, the defensive line and linebackers just get washed out. Mm-hmm. And, like, Melvin just running right straight up the middle yeah. and, like, getting up to the safety level. And it's just like, ugh. Like, and it just gets old after it's happened, like, eight or nine times in a game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. yeah, I do think the Chargers are more for real than they have been in a while, too. So, I, you know, you can take that uh, with a grain of salt in terms of, how that game went for Seattle at the end. Yeah, they're like the AFC version of the Panthers. Like they're like most other years, they'd probably be leading their division or something. Oh uh, yeah, um, right. You know, there's a lot. There's you know a couple of good teams ahead of them. Yeah, but yeah, they could actually do some damage in the in the playoffs. Yeah, and with a with a lighter AFC conference overall, like mm-hmm. they're probably they're gonna get in, and they're the type of team that could could make something work too, right? Yeah. Although historically, they haven't really. It's kind of faded. It's not, it's not normally how it's going to go, but yeah. 
The same with Kansas City, though. They start yeah. hot and then they fade. So, And that's what I was expecting to happen, maybe not necessarily by now, but overall. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of expecting it to happen. But, I mean, they, they just keep going. I think KC's for real this year. I think the difference, the difference is, is, uh, is obvious, right? Like they don't have the type of team that is going to need to change its approach or philosophy or whatever during the year, right? Yeah. They're just going to keep doing this. And you're going to keep spreading teams out and just going, okay, we'll allow 37 points. We're going to score 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen. Yep. You know? Yeah, they seem to be able to score at will. Yeah. Um, I think the most legit teams that they've beat are the Chargers. But again, week one, you kind of yeah take that however you can take that. Um, and then I mean the Jaguars, but like the Jaguars are a, a they're they're a, like debacle right now in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So I feel like they're not the team they were last year, at least in in a lot of different ways. So I don't know how big of a notch that is to beat them right Mm -hmm. and then the patriots the patriots game uh the chiefs game against the patriots to me i think that's foreshadowing for what the playoffs is going to be and i don't just mean they lose to the patriots i mean who they play if they have the ball last and they hang in the game long enough Mm -hmm. yeah that might be who knocks them off you know Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know they have those division games that are close and stuff but um I mean, they let Cleveland score 21 points on them, so I don't know. So they play Arizona next, so that's a win for them. Then they play the Rams. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be, be ridiculous. That'll be a fun game. Yeah, that, that'll be – I mean, the hype around that game will yeah. be ridiculous. Um, then they have the bye, then they, they're going to beat Oakland. They'll you know probably beat Baltimore, the Chargers, who knows. Yeah, and that's a, that's a primetime game. Against yeah. the Rams in Mexico City. Oh right, yeah. Um, and that looks like it's prime time against the Chargers too. And then yeah, you know they'll probably beat Seattle and Oakland. So um, you know they could they could have a couple more losses potentially, yeah. but they could also easily win all those games. Yeah, we'll have to see if this is the year for uh, for old Andy Reid. <laughs> what time is it? What so time is it? Say. Time is it, Andy? All right. Uh, well, you yeah. still kind of expect them to have their the other shoe to fall, right? But yeah, the way they've looked, I don't know. Is Mahomes MVP? Is it just like give it to him? Like you have to? I don't he's know. Got, he's on pace. He's on pace to break the the uh, Brady's touchdown record in a year. Yeah, if he does, then yeah. And he's gonna break five thousand yards. Um, in his first year as a starter, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, Gurley, though, I mean. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's he's doing historic things too, you know. Um, yep. Most yards through most rushing yards through the first eight games in NFL history, or he tied it, I think, something like that. Wow. Um, touchdown wise, he's I think going. I don't know how where he is on pace for it, but uh, there's like the 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 Sean Alexander, Priest Holmes, Tomlinson mm-hmm. like rushing touchdown years that they had. I think he's at least somewhere in sniffing distance of that. Mm-hmm. Total touchdowns, he's obviously going to go completely ham. Um, so, yeah, I don't – as much as I like to say it'd be cool to see a running back get it because I feel like they get dogged most of the time yeah. or or they pretty much made – they created this NFL player, offensive player of the year, but you're not MVP. Um, I, feel <laughs> like, I feel like they created that to be like, hey, running backs, you get love too. 
We'll give this right. to one of you guys every year. And then MVP will be like Brady, Rodgers, you know, whoever else. Always the quarterback, yeah. Yeah. Stupid MVPs. You know. <laughs> but that MVPs, you know, don't usually win the Super Bowl. Oh. Brady for MVP. Sorry, Craig. Don't call. It's okay. Hello? <laughs> oh, boy. What else? Anything else? Hmm. What else have we learned? Or, well, uh, yeah, I'm not playing fantasy, so I don't really care. But anything, uh, any fantasy implications of all this? Oh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I had one of the biggest L's I've ever Uh-oh. taken. Uh, not, not in terms of like magnitude, like, um, I lost by a hundred points or something like that, but I was up, uh, going into the Sunday night game last night and, uh, Josh Gordon gets this like pass and he just like runs over a couple guys or breaks a couple tackles and scampers into the end zone. And it's like, they could have let him get all the yardage he needed, but not the touchdown. Yeah. The touchdown, the touchdown ends up sinking me by like three points. Oh, uh, <laughs> ouch. And, uh, yeah, so it happens. I had a guy that fumbled. I had points on the bench. Like, I'm not going to just say it was all that. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those. <sighs> this is why I don't play. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I don't like the moves. So there are three losses on this in the same league. Yeah. Three, three of my losses are by a combined 10 points. <laughs> Counting this one I'm about to take, so. Ouch. Rough. But yep. hey, that's that's fantasy, baby. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's why I have no friends. She's a <laughs> You have Craig. Oh I mean that guy. I don't want to talk to that guy. <laughs> uh fantasy is she's a cruel mistress. It's true. Not as bad as golf, but not fantasy golf, but actual golf. Uh, yes. Correct. Paul would know about that. Next time or the time after, Paul is going to be on here with us. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Get the band back together. It's going to be great. Yep, yep. Um, all right. Should we call it an episode? I think we got one. Nice. Or at least we're done talking. I don't know if that means we got one or what. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> it means we're done. <laughs> all right. This has been the Slant and Go. Slant and Go episode 16. 16. 16. 16. And uh, we don't know what platform this is going to be on yet, but you can find us on yeah. something other than Tumblr very soon, people. That's right. I mean, you should probably just keep posting the links to directly to the file. Sure. Like, you know, SoundCloud or iTunes or something like that. Maybe both. We'll see. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Stepped us up a, a notch. Here we go. Yep, yep. Three episodes in a season. We are getting somewhere. I know. We're going we're gonna to step it up. Like It's going like from Alex Smith to Pat Mahomes. Gonna be that kind of jump. So we're gonna do one every game next year. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Let's not get crazy. No, no, no. I just meant that's the jump. That's the meteoric, astronomical jump. Yeah, yeah. All right. Da 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 da.